Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me, Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening. For you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. The United States is a mafia government. No one has done more damage and degradation and murder, rape, and robbery than Europeans. Yes. Therefore, in order to escape confrontation with their true criminal nature, they must accuse others of being criminals. What we call objection. They must become obsessed with the criminality of other people. And black folk become those other people, you see. This is our common ground. Alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? It's not about what Hannah Jean Combs did. It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person, regardless of who's in the White House. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, 
put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than human. God and the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. It's time to talk brave, black, and bold at Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. And it is good to have you with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. We welcome you to bring bold, black, brave talk that matters, speaking truth to power and ourselves. We hope that all of you are well, and um, we are doing our best to ensure that we turn transform truth to power one broadcast at a time. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we welcome you to our discussion. Um, the case of Marissa Alexander. While pregnant, Marissa Alexander was battered by her husband. On August 1st, 2010, note the date, 2010, her premature baby girl was born nine days early at the Baptist South Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida, and the baby was fighting for her life while Melissa, Marissa also fought for her life in her own home against her abuser, her batterer, her husband. She is currently sitting in the pretrial detention facility in Jacksonville, Florida, which is Duval County, awaiting a sentence for three counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon with no intent to harm. She was also charged with child abuse because she fired a warning shot in the ceiling of her home. She owned a legitimate and current gun permit that she was trained to use and Marissa Alexander felt that her life was threatened. In the circuit court of the 4th Judicial Circuit of Duval County, on August 11, 2011, her attorney, who we hope will join us tonight, Kevin Coben, um, <clears throat> filed a notice of defendant's proposed order granting defense's motion. 
And that motion is something that everyone in this country who is interested in the issue of justice and how our judicial system works, that defense was under the Florida law known that you have come to know as stand your ground. The defense relied on the testimony of Marissa Alexander at an evidentiary hearing, which took place on November 22, 2011. She is 31 years. She was 31 years old at the time, and stood approximately 5'2 in height and weighing approximately 140 pounds. At the time of the incident, she was married to her husband. She no longer is living with him. He is a 37 year. Uh, he was 37 years old at the time standing approximately 5'9 in height and weighing approximately 245 pounds. Ms. Alexander has been charged with three counts of aggravated assault. She knew him for approximately three years. They were married on May 14, 2010. In 2009, he physically abused her, and the record is clear. There is a record of abuse and intimate partner violence in this relationship. The record shows in the filing that there were a number of incidents at their home at 4044 Woodley Creek Road, Jacksonville, Florida. On the day in question, on August 1, 2010, the day of the incident, the filing shows that Ms. Alexander was in the bedroom when her husband came home from the previous night. She shared photos of their baby taking her first bath and left the bedroom and entered the bathroom, leaving with her cell phone, and read a text message about Mr. Alexander leaving someplace. The message was between Ms. Alexander and her ex-husband, Lincoln Alexander. After reading the message, the complainant entered the bedroom, the bathroom where Ms. Alexander was and began to question her about the subject of the text message. She exited the bed bathroom and then returned he he did. He exited the bathroom and then returned in a violent rage. And at that point clearly in enraged gained entry to the bathroom by violently banging on the door and began screaming at Ms. Alexander. Why am I describing this entire incident to you? Because there are people, and you know, who will tune in and try and attempt to change the scenario or to somehow justify the, the husband's behavior or somehow delegitimize Ms. Alexander's response. We don't go for the hokey-doke. Most of you who have been listening for me to me over these 25 years or more know I have been deeply involved in the issues of domestic and intimate partner violence. I understand the issues. 
I know I know it from each side like a Rubik's cube, and I stand in testament to what I understand about it in the case of Kimba Smith versus the United States of America. And I do want to announce to all of you who know of my relationship with Kimba and her case, Kimba's son, Armani, who was born while she was shackled to a bed under federal custody, will graduate from high school next year and enter Washington and Lee University. And we want to send out our kudos to Armani and to Kimba and to her family. And that is a story that you need to know. But let me, I digress. Let me go back to the Alexander incident. And I'm I'm just telling some of you knuckleheads who want to come at me tonight, I'm in a dangerous mood because this is about what laws are selectively chosen for us to be protected by and what laws are not. And we'll talk about that. But we're real glad to have you with us. Ms. Alexander asked her husband to leave the bathroom, but instead he shoved himself into the bathroom and through the door. She ran to the bedroom. He began to strangle her, cursing and screaming. End of story. Ms. Alexander did not have her cell phone when she tried to escape from the house freely and quickly running out of the bedroom and through the kitchen into the attached garage. She did not have her cell phone. She feared great bodily injury and or life. She then retrieved a registered gun, went back into her home, was begging to be allowed to leave, but instead he rushed toward her, and the court records indicate that he said, Bitch, I will kill you. Miss Alexander, reasonably fearing for her safety at that time, fired one single shot high and to the right of her husband and his two children who had exited the house and later called 911. She was arrested and taken into custody. No one was hurt. No one was killed. And our question tonight is this. Did Marissa Alexander, rightfully under the laws of Florida, stand her ground? And if so, why is she facing 20 years in prison for standing that ground? And to help us mull through this, we have invited her ex-husband, who is her friend and advocate, and her sister, who is her advocate, Lincoln Alexander and Helena Jenkins, and when we come back from this break, we'll be talking with them. You're listening to Our Common Ground at Blog Talk Radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Listening to Our Common Ground, where real talk matters. I'm Jack. 
Janice Graham. Join us in our conversation. It's time. It's time to be black, bold, and brave. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Our common ground. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Enter the Lion's Den. Enter the Lion's Den with LDX and Information Man. Swagger Talk Radio at TruthWorks Network. TruthWorks Network. Radio.com OCG. 
and we're going to go right to our programming tonight. We want to thank um, Lincoln Alexander. He is the ex-wife of Marissa Alexander. And before we join him in conversation, I do want to say in case Ms. Alexander it will get a chance to listen to this broadcast, that we are hoping that we will stand by her by standing our ground. And we are in this for the long run. Lincoln Alexander, thank you so very much for being with us on Our Common Ground. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thank, thank you, thank you so very much. Um, one of the things that uh, comes to bear that I, I want our listening audience to really understand is that you are her ex-husband, but you are also her friend and you have become an advocate for her in your friendship. Let me ask you about that fateful day, the day that I believe it was August 10th, 2010, that she was arrested. How much time did she spend in jail at that arrest? Two days before we were able to to bond her out. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did, did Kevin Coben, who I'm hoping will join us sometime in this broadcast, who is her attorney, I'm, uh, did he become her attorney at that time? No, he, he, he didn't. We had a, a, a different attorney at that time. Okay. So tell us what happened from that point. Okay. Well, on August 1st, I was out of town with our two kids uh, from our marriage. It was their birthday weekend. Um, on that on that day, I was in Orlando with the kids. Um, she was at the house uh, packing up the rest of her belongings. Uh, her sister was on her way there to help her move her things out. With her, her husband being a long-distance truck driver, he wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't expecting him to be there at that time. So um, that that was kind of a, a shocker for her. And the new baby was in the hospital. That's correct. Born nine okay. days earlier. Mm-hmm. Who were the children that were in the house? Those were two of, of her husband's kids, so okay. two of her, her uh-huh. stepkids. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that because that's certainly part of the pleading uh, on the stand your ground defense. So uh, she was in preparation of leaving her. Now, folks, let me explain something to you if you do not understand it, and especially for women who are listening to this show about domestic violence. There are two places where a woman is at most risk to die. The people who we know who have died at the hands of batterers. When you are pregnant and when you are leaving. And that's why I constantly say on this program, if you are going to leave a batterer, have a good support system and have a good exit plan because this is the point where it is dangerous and life-threatening. I'm sorry, Lincoln, I had to stop and say that because a lot of people don't take those those things 
outcome can be. So Helena, who's going to join us later on in the broadcast in a few minutes, is um, was on her way to help her sister move out of the house. That's correct. And, and you bring up a very good point. That is something that was, was told to Marissa as she began to plan her, her exit from the marriage and, and the abusive relationship. She was told that as as the as time go on, as she closer gets to that that point of leaving, things will get worse. And that is exactly what happened. She was, uh, I'm not sure if you yet covered it, but she was living with her mom for two months prior to that particular day. No, I, I didn't cover it. And see, the story, this is why it's so important to really investigate um, for a discussion, because that, it really doesn't come out that she wasn't living there. Uh, it, the story comes out as though she was living there. But you're 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 absolutely right, and I think people need to take that seriously. And um, I'm going to make some comments about why the courts and Angela Cor- Corley, who was the prosecutor, did not take that seriously. And 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 it's at the at the core of what is so unjust about the courts not accepting the defense of stand your ground since they have since they have the law. But so. By the time her sister got here, got to the house, uh, things had escalated. There was, I mean, you know, one of the things, folks, that we need to understand is violence comes in a number of forms, and one of them is physical and the other is verbal. And a verbal, uh, verbal violence is as threatening to an individual as is physical violence. So she grabbed the gun, she shot into the ceiling as a warning shot. And the police were called. And then she went to jail for two days. And how, and, 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 and and what happened after she came back from jail? She continued to do what she was doing uh, with the, the baby being in, in the hospital, in, in ICU, uh, spending as much time as she can with the baby, uh, pumping uh, milk, taking it to mm-hmm. the baby, doing, doing everything that a, a mother would do to uh, look after their, their child. So then she went to court. There was an evidentiary hearing. And she ends up being charged with three counts of aggravated assault without intent. Her defense was stand your ground, the Florida law. Give us a summary of what happened on that defense and what the court said. Her, her defense was, of course, in our eyes, justified. Uh, it, it, as far as the, the court, the, the ruling against her using the, the mm-hmm. Spaniard Crown, they felt, I say they, the prosecutor office and the judge felt she could have left the house by another exit, either through the front door or through a rear sliding glass door. Marissa tried to leave the house by her vehicle, 
but she was unable to leave the house uh, with her vehicle. One, in her haste, she did not have her keys. Uh, two, the garage door uh, garage door would not open. And three, she didn't have her cell phone to call for help. She had no choice but to go back into the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now... One of the things that people ought to be clear about is that the husband testified that she shot at him. Now, clearly, if she shot into the ceiling of the garage and she was a trained gun owner, how did the court believe in the in the face of the forensics that she was shooting at him she was not in the garage when she fired the gun she was in the kitchen that's where he he um okay uh-huh ran up on her so she was out of the garage going back into the house mm-hmm. that that's that's part of what the, the the prosecutor office is, is trying to say? Well, she couldn't have been afraid because she went back into the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She went back in the house because she had no exit out of the garage mm-hmm, and no cell mm-hmm. phone to call for help. Well, she's certainly under law under the Florida law permitted to use force in her own home when she feels that she's in imminent danger, and Correct. she. And and I think that she w- she's able to establish to a, a, a presumed reasonable fear of imminent peril of death or great bodily harm. You're talking about a 245-pound, 5'9 man over a 5'2", 140-pound woman. And who had just given birth. Who had just given birth, Exactly. Uh, the other is that he testified, and, and I'm really curious about this. He testified that she was the aggressor, that he hit her, and he was responding, but there was testimony of a child who was in the house who said that that never happened. That's correct. During trial, his oldest son testified to the same accounts what Marissa had said, uh-huh, uh-huh. which nullify or, or just impeaches what the father had claimed. He had given a deposition back in November of 2010, but when we went to trial and at the Stand Your Ground hearing, he tried to recant what he had said. And partly because of his original lie when he called the police saying that Marissa tried to shoot him and his kids, which was a terrible lie to tell. Mhm. Mhm. Well at that point things things just went downhill for Marissa because of that original lie and it's been hard for her to to prove her innocence and that she truly was afraid. Well, she certainly put forth her testimony and provided deposition. Um, And uh, 
uh, her testimony has not been impeached by any forensic. The other is that the courts in Florida have always applied the stand your ground law to mean that the that the immunity exists immunity exists in a much stronger way in the home than outside of the home. And yes. uh I'm 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 at a loss to understand what happened in the court. Uh, about this incident, about the, the the evidence that was available. I mean, uh, and and why a, a batterer, a batterer's testimony seems to hold more weight than a woman who is fleeing for her life, who essentially is estranged, estrangement over a two month period, um, with with such a history of battering in in this relationship. It was very odd for us to to hear uh, a, a guilty verdict as, as well. It definitely came as, as a shock to all of us, the, the family. Mhm, mhm. But we 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 can't give up. We we are continuing to to pray as a family and do what we can to see Marissa free. It's just one one setback, but. We are continuing to push forward to see Marissa free. Well, you know, one of uh, the things that I think that people are stand- hiding behind is the fact that he too had um, applied for and gotten a restraining order against her. But that doesn't weigh as heavy as her having. Uh, prepared her children prior to this incident, prior to her injunction for protection and her hospital stay, of how to call nine one one because of the history she had given her young daughter a safe word for her protection, presumably there was a reason for doing this because of the history of domestic violence. And it should have demonstrated to the court that that Ms. Alexander was worried about the violence continuing. This is crazy. In the words of LDX, this is frigging crazy. Now, now that I have measured my outrage Lincoln, tell us what is happening now. What's happening on the activism? Uh, what are the legal options at this point? And how can people in our audience help to make this right? Okay. Well, as, as far as the, the, the legalities that are going on, our our lawyer is preparing to um, – Make arguments to the to the judge on on Monday to let them know that there are some things that have come up that were unfair to Marissa trial. So we we are we're going in ready to to present some arguments to the judge on why Marissa deserves a retrial. And at this point, uh, are the legal uh, 
are, are the legal uh, is the attorney saying that a retrial is a is a legal option? Yes, it is uh, a legal option for us, and that's the reason why we are are presenting those those arguments or prepared to present those arguments on on Monday. Mhm. Okay. Because you had you did have one hearing and the hearing was was postponed. Is that right? That's correct. That's okay. correct. And that hearing was supposed to be held last week. That's right. Last Monday. I I actually feel that this judge is a, a fair type of judge and he wants to give this this case the 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 just due it deserves. Allow allow both Attorneys to argue their points and hear it in full, and not feel rushed to to make any type of decision. Yeah. At, at the yeah. time last week, his calendar was full, so he did one of the best things to do and, and um, be fair to all parties and move it to a date to where they they can truly present as all the arguments that they want. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well. It, it, it certainly, I, I, I certainly hope. But one of the things that we want to talk about when we come back from a break, we're going to talk with uh, Helena Jenkins, who is the sister of Marissa uh, Alexander, and talk to her about how Miss Alexander is doing and um, how she feels the response of our community uh, is going to shore her up, support her, and help her. Um, and and then I also want to talk talk to you, Lincoln, about how um, wonderful it is. You know, it's uh, some some of our our brothers out there. They think that when it's over, it's over. How wonderful it is that you have built a bridge to have a friendship with this woman that you once loved. You're listening to our common ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. We're going to be taking your calls after we take this break. Talk to Helena Jenkins, the sister of Marissa Alexander, and our guest on the line and with us is Lincoln Alexander, the ex-husband advocate of Marissa Alexander, who faces 20 years. She stood her ground. She was arrested, charged. And the state of Florida, Fourth Circuit, said she had no right to stand her ground. We hope you'll stay with us, and we'll be right back. Network. The Black Voice Collaborative on talk radio, on the internet, in the black street. 
the best of empowerment broadcasts from across the internet. Power Views. Rebroadcasting the power. Reloading the truth at TruthWorks Network. Each. I believe in sex. I believe in love. I believe in taking responsibility. I believe in using condoms. Yo confío en mi comunidad. I believe in being honest and open. I believe in keeping my partner safe. I believe in myself. I believe in stopping HIV. I believe in the future. HIV stops with me. 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 Hey, India. It's Janice. Us talk chicks got to stick together. You and your real raw right now, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday, and me and my brave black and bold Saturdays, 10 p.m. There's no doubt, us talk chicks, we know where the real talk is, and we know what to do on their radio. You. It's a cold and crazy world that's raging outside, but baby, me and all my girls. I'll bring it on the fire. Show a little leg. Gotta send me your chest. Our common ground speaking truth to power. I'm Janet Grant.
maybe she stepped away. Lincoln, um, let me ask you about how the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman issues, you know, the psychotic vigilante murderer, George Zimmerman. Many people were talking that he had a legitimate right to murder Trayvon Martin under the Stand Your Ground law. Now, the same prosecutor who prosecuted Marissa Alexander is now say, has now charged George Zimmerman with second-degree murder. Now, this brings a, a, a kind of chain of events because on one hand, um, uh, Corley is bringing charges uh, against Marissa and denying the stand your your ground charge uh, of defense. And with George Zimmerman, she's essentially doing the same thing. How does that unfold in Marissa's story? I truly feel that Marissa had the right to stand your ground. Now, it based on the interpretation of the law, Marissa was in fear, and that, that's that's all that matters. Whether or not she had great bodily harm before firing her weapon, that shouldn't matter. She was harmed already. She had minor bruising, as the DA office has already admitted to. But she didn't have great bodily harm. She didn't have any broken bones or she wasn't bleeding. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that that is a fair assessment of what you should have to endure before being considered in fear. Yeah. Should should you be dead if, in fact, you are afraid for your life and it's legitimate? You know, but um, stand your ground laws should only allow what their name suggests. They should not encourage vigilantism. And so, George, the the... The, the the teen psychotic vigilante murderer of Trayvon Martin does not apply under that, but the law provides that any person may use deadly force when, and I quote folks, he or she reasonably believes, reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another. That's so correct. long That's how it as someone reasonably thinks he or, he or she or someone else is in danger, he can shoot, she can shoot to kill regardless of whether the shooter is the one who initiated the hostile confrontation. Now, my question to the audience is, what was so different about the circumstances under which Marissa Alexander stood on that fateful day in August 2011. The other question that I have, and I I want to get your response to it, Lincoln, is that 
George Zimmerman spent about one week in jail, if that. I can't recall. But he was on the lam for 50-some days. And Marissa spent two days in, in jail, and now she has been in jail for 18 months since last February. Tell us about that. It's been very difficult to accept what has happened to her. Most definitely, she was arrested on the spot. With all the information the police had at that time of her arrest, it still wasn't good enough to prevent her from being arrested. And they documented everything. She told them she was in fear of her life. She also told them that there was an order of protection to prevent violence being done to her by her husband. So not only did she tell them that, but they documented it in the arrest report. But they still arrested her anyway. Okay. She she, she tried to defuse the situation by going into the bathroom. The husband was enraged. She was already in the bathroom. Right. She continued, he continued to escalate the matter by trying to break down the door. It led to some sort of physical combat in the bathroom that carried over into the bedroom. Yes. And here is where the court has to deal with the disputed facts. Taking into account the testimony of both Marissa Alexander and her husband, Somebody's testimony has to be more credible, okay? Now, as I understand it, the court found it hard to believe that after he found the text message and was enraged that he was not the aggressor. Why would the court not think he was not the aggressor? Why would the court not think that here is a history of battering, or 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 pay attention to the testimony of his own children who said she was telling the truth. She'd just given birth to a child a few days before. She was breastfeeding. She was spending nights at her mother's residence because of the violence. And all the supporting testimony impeached his story. It did not challenge the credibility of her testimony Yet, the court said, and see, folks, this is where injustice and unjust happens. The court still said that she was not standing her ground. Now, let me go back. Let me let me go back to the law. I want to go back to the law. Keep in mind before you all start calling. Let's go back to the law. It provides that any person may use deadly force when he or she reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another. Case closed. That's stand your ground. Uh, Lincoln, I do tend to get myself into a bunch, and I think we've got um, Helena uh, on the line now, 
Helena Jenkins, thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground, and I do want to extend to you um, all of the the blessings that you and your family need to move you through this. Uh, thank you for having me, and thank you for your blessings. We sure do need all the prayer and, and support we can get. Um, Lincoln and I have been talking about the specifics of the incident mm-hmm. and the outcome of the the court hearing. But before we talk with you about some activism and how people can get involved in advocacy on this case, because this is Alternative Activist Empowerment Talk Radio. This is not just talking to be talking and we can all go home. We are not all going home because guess what? Tomorrow it will be you or your sister or your brother. Mm-hmm. Understand that Trayvon Martin was one kid who was killed out of three this year 300 Marissa Alexander is not the only woman who has spent the energy to defend herself and ended in prison Kimba Smith spent four years on a 24 year mandatory sentence And it is possible to work for justice in this country. You gotta be loud enough, you gotta be bold enough, and damn it, you gotta be black enough to understand that this is about us. There is no justice unless you demand it. There is no recourse unless you demand it. And you have to demand it because it will be your history. I'm sorry, Helena. Um, I, I, you know, I'm. I, I I spent six years of my life on the Kimba Smith. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, four years of my life on Kimba Smith, getting mm-hmm. her out of federal prison on this kind of nonsense, where courts decide that a black life has no value. So. You're all criminals. Everybody go to jail. Everybody gets shot. Everybody gets killed. Where does it end? Helena, how is Marissa doing? Um, She's holding up pretty good. She's um, just patiently waiting. She wants to know pretty much when will something change because she is um has been wrongfully accused and um sent and and sent to jail for something that she had all the right to do there there was no other choice for her to do but what she did and now she has to sit in jail and and, and just think about <laughs> how anything was, yeah how how she was screwed pretty much by a court that has no you, you people are you getting it this this judicial system has no justice for you unless you demand it i just uh posted in our chat room at our common ground uh the link to go to the official marissa alexander blogspot site 
You know, all you people who talk about you believe in justice, if you don't write a letter, make a phone call on Monday morning, if you don't do this, give it up. Just give it the, the frick up. You, we cannot continue to talk. The other is that, uh, Helena, I want to ask you about, and this is what, and I told Lincoln when I talked to him last week, I'm most interested in, is where are the feminists? Where the hell are the feminists? Where are all the domestic violence organizations that people donate their money to? Where are the friggin' black feminist bloggers and the black women bloggers? And where are the men? You men need to go to your Facebook pages and Twitter reels or wherever you damn go uh, to, 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 to voice your outrage and start a campaign. I stand as Marissa's husband. I stand as Marissa's brother. I stand as Marissa's son. If this does not happen, it's just like Alpha said on the show today at 3 o'clock, on the Alpha show at TruthWorks Network, if Scott Walker gets by, Barack Obama will not be reelected. If this goes by, we'll never have justice. If there is no justice for Trayvon Martin and no justice for Marissa Alexander, y'all know y'all never have no justice, and I'm gone to Madagascar. When do you get tired? When do you get tired? When do you say it stops? The the website is uh, justiceformarissa.blogspot.com. Helena. I don't ordinarily go off like that. I'm too old for this nonsense. I've been doing this crap for 25 friggin' years. And we still don't get any better. Half the people I started off with are dead. My goodness. And we worry about who's in the White House. Y'all better start worrying about who's in the Black House. Because you know what? You can change this. Tell us, uh, Helena, uh, I'm asking all the women in my audience to please write a letter to Marissa Alexander on Monday. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about no letter on no computer. Get get a pen and some paper. I don't care if it's notebook paper. And write this sister and tell her we love her and we are out here and we are thinking about her and we know that she was done wrong. Damn, even Frankie and Johnny got to get somebody to say to them, uh, uh, I was done wrong. Come on, y'all. Every one of you out there who did who did the right thing. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at the woman in the mirror, India. I'm looking at the woman in the mirror. I went to law school. I went to business school. I did the corporate thing. I was their executive. I was on airplanes leaving my child home four and five days a week, three three weeks a, a, a month. And where did that get me? That got my sister... My young bro- my young son, I'm the grandmother of Trayvon Martin, and he is dead. I am the grandmother of 
Marissa. I am old enough for Marissa Alexander to be my granddaughter, and she's in jail. You better count every black face that's going through this prison industrial complex with more privatization for greed and filthy rich people as your sons and your daughters, your nephews, and your grandchildren, because they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, 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 I haven't preached on the radio in years, Helena. Y'all are <laughs> messing with me tonight. You brought it out. Oh, yeah. And, and I look at this brother, this Lincoln Alexander man. He could say, oh, wow, that's too bad that that happened to Marissa. You men better learn from this. This is black love. You better learn to reimagine black love because that's what this is. You know? Yeah. The reality, Helena, we know. We know the reality. I've been, I, I, I've been, I've been there. The reality is that black love, when you really have a black consciousness, when you understand the Africa, you ain't from Africa, but Africa is in you. Mm-hmm. When you understand that, you know that once you love, love does not go away. Love is always there. You use it or you don't use it. Am I right about it, Alpha? I know I'm right about it, Brother Brock. I can testify to that, yes. That is very true. And young brother Lincoln Alexander, one day I want to shake your hand and hug your neck because, <laughs> brother man, you have done what a man's supposed to do. Now, where are the yeah. other men in the community? Where are the other men in the community? Some jackass come writing me and telling me today. Don't mess with me, not today, because I got sore throat. I got arthritis in my throat. I swear I do. (laughs) Fighting me today and telling me I might have my facts wrong. The hell if I do, 25 years on this microphone, I have never had my facts wrong. Never, ever, ever, because I don't say anything. I don't know what I'm talking about. When I don't know what I'm talking about, I let the guests talk. Notice that? Anybody notice that? Pumpkin, you notice that? I want to thank uh, Nancy Lockhart. Uh, she's in our chat room, and she's on the on on the broadcast with us tonight because this is a woman who is an activist at heart. She's an activist in her soul and in her spirit. She doesn't let anybody take her eye off the prize. Now, I want to go back to my guest because we're at the top of the hour. Oh, we're at the top of the hour, and it's 11.03 in case you all need to know the time. We'll be here until midnight. Uh, Helena, um, let me ask you about your mother and your family Mm -hmm. and what this has meant in terms of the cost to your family. Wow. They have to understand that violence in a family costs. It costs the children. 
It costs everybody. It strips the children from their childhood and their innocence. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, first let me start off by saying um, when an incident like this occurs, it, it has a ripple effect on the family. It doesn't affect just one person. It affects everyone. And being that Marissa was so close with everybody in my family, you know, it 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 had a it had a special effect on each person. And we all hurt to see Marissa in this position because we know she doesn't deserve it. Um, no one deserves this, but being that we know her so well, we know that she she really doesn't deserve to be where she is, and. It has been a burden because we wanna we wanna see her home, mm-hmm. and we know we all miss her. Kids miss her. My mom misses her. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss her. Grandmother, you know, everybody. We we all miss her dearly. And when you try to leave things in the hand of the law and the justice system to do right, and it fails you, it causes and it inflicts just as much more pain as it did the first time when it occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, this is a learning lesson. The Trayvon Martin case is a learning lesson. We're never going to get anything out of a justice system that is unjust. We have to squeeze it, and we have to squeeze it so hard. You know, I've got a lot of friends. I've been doing this domestic violence work I spent 14 years volunteering at a local shelter every day, every evening. I'd leave work and go right to the shelter, eat dinner with the women, sit around, review some of the cases, come home. You have to understand that an activist, Brother Brock, I know you hear me out there in Philadelphia, PA, you, as an activist, you have to be acting every day. You can't let it go. If you let it go, it gets some air. You can't let injustice get air. We are doing that in the Trayvon Martin case, and now we are doing it in the Marissa Alexander case. And this is what I think we ought to do. We ought to light a fire under every women's group in North Florida, Central Florida. We ought to light a fire under every... All these women are talking about the, the taking away the, the the body. What did you say, Alpha, the, the war on the uh, women's body? This is a war on black women's lives, not just their body. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Lincoln Alexander and Helena Jenkins talking about the case of Marissa Alexander. I'll take your calls at 347-838-9852 if you'd like to talk with them. We'll be right back. This is our common ground. Bold, brave, black. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Talk that matters. 
MP and, and here's the truth is part of funny. MPR leans to the right. MPR leans, and you can ask, you know, and when I say the MPR leans to the right, I'm simply speaking about who they have on. They have twice as many conservatives on spewing bovine excrement than they do liberals with their chicken excrement. So at some point in time, you have to step back and you have to say, where's the job? What job bills have they introduced? The only thing Republicans have introduced is spending cuts that will cost 700,000 jobs. They are clearly trying to shut down our uh, economic growth and our recovery. You've got governors all over the country turning down jobs for speed rail. Now, regardless of how you feel about the speed rail, you mean the French can do it? Japan can do it, the Chinese can do it, Europe, they can do it over there, but we can't do it here? You know, where is this exceptionalism coming from when we are so uh, mired in ignorance and mired in, 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 in just, just total obstruction? Listening to the best Pushback Politics, The Alpha Show. Matthews, where your world begins to change. Mondays, 9 p.m., TruthWorks Network. Your Mondays just got better. Global Village Voices with Peter E. Matthews, only at TruthWorks Network. And we certainly 
invite you to join all of our fine programming at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show, Saturdays, 3 p.m., Into the Lion's Den, Thursdays and Fridays at 10 p.m., Tuesdays, Power Views at 9 p.m., and Global Village Voices on Mondays at 9 p.m., only at TruthWorks Network. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852, and we're talking about the Marissa Alexander case with Lincoln Alexander and Helena Jenkins, her ex-husband advocate and her sister advocate. And I want to thank both of you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Helena, before we went to break, we were talking about um, what the advocacy community, and Lincoln, if you want to jump in on this as well, what are the domestic violence advocacy groups and the groups who support the notion of the Florida law of stand your ground, what are they saying about uh, Marissa's case? Um, there are a few groups who actually support Marissa's case. Um Hopefully there are more groups to join in and support the cause, but they are just as appalled by um, what has occurred as we are, and um, they're going to support um, trying to get this uh, taken care of the way it should have been in the initial in the in the beginning. Well, I'm I'm not so. Um excited about the idea there are a few groups. Uh, I there, there are, should be more. <laughs> yeah, there there should be more. Now, how do we do this? Do, how do we divide up the, the work that needs to be done to raise the issues on this case? You know, the first thing you do is that you ask the question. Uh, you ask the question, uh, are Black women not valued as authentic victims of domestic violence. Is that a, is that a legitimate question? I think that's a very legitimate question because it is clear under the law and in the defense presented for Marissa. Alexander, that this was clearly under the stand your ground law, and I will repeat it over and over and over, that it provides that any person may use deadly force when he or she reasonably believes that the force is necessary to prevent great bodily harm. Okay? That's it. You know, uh, the Florida legislatures and even the person who um, presented, um, who sponsored the law in Florida, the Stand Your Ground law, has said that the law does not provide a defense for people like Zimmerman who pursue and confront someone. But when someone is confronting you, and you reasonably believe that you are about to prevent bodily harm, 
you may use deadly force. And what we need to ask, or what I suggest that we ask, I'm trying to be reasonable here with you folks, uh, what I reasonably and most honorably uh, uh, question is why Marissa Alexander was refused protection under the Stand Your Ground law in the state of Florida. Now, you all have to understand, Sanford is in the same circuit as Marissa Alexander's case. Okay? The police department in Sanford released George Zimmerman on the night that he cold-blooded, killed, murdered Trayvon Martin in Sanford based upon this law. Oh, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't retain, detained because the police accepted his explanation under the defense of Stand Your Ground. But Marissa Alexander went to jail for two years. And because the Fourth Circuit has now dismissed and denied her protection under the law, under that defense, she is facing 20 years in prison. You ought to be outraged. You ought to be outraged. And if you're not outraged, call me at 347-838-9852 and try to explain it to me. And 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 the try is very operative here because there is simply no way. Lincoln, let me ask you a question. Uh, you and Helena are organizing the support of Marissa Alexander to get a new trial. What's the likelihood and what have you done and how can people help? That is the most important. How can people get involved? Okay. Yes, we we have done quite a bit of work, but uh, a lot of the work has been done primarily with the support of Nancy Lockhart. And I I, I want to make sure that I I call her name because I truly appreciate the, the help that she has provided. The best well, I've known Nancy for a long time now. Nancy and I worked together on um the Scott sisters case yes i i I know about that mm-hmm. um, there's two ways that we we are asking people to to help at this point i'm sorry three three ways three ways one sign the petition. we have a link to the petition on our blog. Justice for Marissa dot blogspot dot com. Uh, a second way, people have felt moved enough to write a letter to the judge as well to express their their concerns about this case and why. Okay, tell Marissa. us about the judge. Tell who is this judge, and tell us about this judge. This is a judge well, who is considering the retrial. That's correct. This is a, a new judge to this case. He just came on in January. He was not the one that denied her stand-your-ground motion, so I want to make that clear. This judge, he 
he presided over the actual trial itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the third way that, that people let can Let me help ask us, you about the judge that presided over the defense and evidentiary hearing. Where is that judge located? She is located here in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. And what is her name? Elizabeth Centerfit. Uh-huh. You all heard the name. Uh-huh. You 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 uh you have to you have to war from the back side and the front side. Understand that. Okay, go ahead, Lincoln. I'm just we're gonna talk a little bit more about that in uh in, in a in a few minutes. Okay. Well the third way that, that we're asking people to, to help us is by giving a, a donation on our on our website. We have mm-hmm. two ways people can, can give a donation, either using PayPal or WePay. Mm-hmm. This goes oh. this goes to her defense. Mm-hmm. To um, pay for a lawyer. Yes. Okay. Now let me Which let, let me stop you there for expensive. let me stop you there for a minute. Now you all know y'all black people sitting back and saying all all, all you out there tonight, uh, saying, uh, well, you know, I don't feel very comfortable. Um, giving money, I don't know if it's going to be controlled. Stop the nonsense. Everybody that has to pay a lawyer has to pay the lawyer. And um, this Republican governor appointed this Republican Angela Corey, and I know you all think, oh, she made such a good speech if you read between the lines on that speech, she said nothing. She's the woman who is presiding over Trayvon Martin's case as a special prosecutor. They are Republicans. They are Floridian Republicans. They are of the right-wing Yahoo Republican Tea Cracker Party. They are not going to be looking out for the interests of some black woman who is sitting on in in prison. So, you know, just like you all talk about, oh, we elected President Barack Obama because we gave $5, we gave $25, we gave $15. Go to the site tonight. Tomorrow, if you got to check with your wife or your husband, go ahead and check with your wife or your husband. Buy the money, buy the money. I, I'm I'm calling my ten year old grandson and suggesting to him that instead of him spending five dollars on some Microsoft whatever credit thing whatever, that he spend that five dollars in in honor of people who did for him. To Marissa Alexander. See, we have to te- we have to teach ourselves how to think about this stuff. I'm asking if you can give fifty dollars, if you can give a hundred dollars, give whatever you can. You know, and go to church tomorrow and tell them you had to give it to Marissa Alexander, and then ask them for some money for Marissa Alexander. This is how you fight for justice. You think Martin Luther King or Malcolm? Malcolm didn't have a, um, a, a, a didn't have a, a, a quarter to, 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 to clean out his ear with. 
You know, it was because people like you gave $15, $25, $30, $50, whatever you can give. But the lawyers have to be paid. And you have to commit to justice in a way that you don't commit to other stuff. You know, um, don't go out and buy a lottery ticket and say if you win, you'll give her $500. The likelihood of you winning the lottery, you know. You know that whole thing. Just give what you can. Go to the website and give what you can. And if they give it to the, the, the National Republican Party and whatever they do to it, you have done your part. The other is to write to the judge and to indicate. You you want a voice? you got a voice. Use it. It is so important. You know, in the Kimba Smith case, when, when I first started out, I, had, I didn't have any idea how I was going to get the hundreds of thousands of people to sign a petition. None. They didn't have no petition.org and PayPal and all that stuff. We had email, and that was it, okay? You begin by doing your part. And when you talk to others, you tell them about what you did. I mean, I started with a website that looked like something that my grand, my 10-year-old grandson would put together today. That's how I started with the justice campaign for Kimba Smith, a website that, I mean, it was junky as hell. When I tell you I, I have a copy of it, I'm so ashamed of that website. But guess what? I was able to link people and organizations. If you live in Philadelphia, PA, or you live in Chicago, or you live in Los Angeles, or if you live in Jacksonville, or you live in Miami, pick up the phone on Monday and call your local domestic violence advocacy organization and say, can you put it in your newsletter? I'll send you the link. Pick up the phone and call all the people you listen to on the talk radio on the on the Google's machine and the whatever wherever the internets and say can you do a show about Marissa Alexander this is folks how you do activism you act you do what you are compelled to do because i will tell you one thing i looked at odessa smith and saw the tears in her eyes, and she had a daughter the same age as my daughter, and her daughter was in college at the same time as my daughter. And I looked at her and I said, there but for the grace of God go I, with her daughter sitting in prison for 24 years without the possibility of parole for a crime she never committed trying to save her life from a vicious batterer. And here is a woman with a nine-day-old baby trying to get out and was trapped.
and some damn court in Snuggaduff, Florida, says that she had no right to defend herself. You all better look out, because here it comes. Because next year this time, there will be more Marissa Alexanders, there will be more Trayvon Martins, because you did nothing. Because George Zimmerman got arrested, and then they let him free on $150,000 after he lied to the court. And he said he stood his ground and told a lie and got a red magic marker and marked up some blood on his back of his head. And we said, okay, he was arrested because we let go of justice so easily. That's why we have none. And I really didn't, you know, I, I, I don't, Indy, you know, I don't do this much preaching on the, on the, on the radio nets, but damn. When does it stop? I see we have you fired up here. Oh, yeah. Because I know how many women are sitting on death row because they stood their ground. They said to batterers, vicious, ugly, evil men who got supported by other vicious, ugly, evil men, and they kill them so that they could save their lives and the lives of their children and they're sitting on, on death row. They're sitting in prison. And we continue to let it and then we and then then we have these progressive intellectual elite bullshit artists running around talking about women's rights. Well where was Marissa Alexander's right? It was put in a trash by the fourth district courts. Uh, help me, Jesus. We've got a call. 610, I respect you. You're on the air. Thank you for your call. Oh, yeah, Shalom Hotel. Uh, Brother Brock over here, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've been picking on you a lot tonight, Brother Brock. How are you? Hotel, my brother. And uh, I don't want to say a good evening, but I do want to say a good evening, but I don't even know how to address your host. Uh, the pain that I'm hearing is it's hard to imagine that it's a good evening for your for the host for the family of uh, Miss Melissa. Yeah, Ms. Melissa. So, but you know uh, what you can do, Brother Brock. You know what words. you can do. You know what you can do. Don't be lost for words. Tell this brother how proud you are of him. Uh, me and my wife, we just proved how proud we are by going directly to the website. And uh, making our uh, substantial donation best we could for now. Thank you, Brother and we'll Brock. Do some more. We'll do some more later. And uh, to the host, uh, you're in good hands when you bring your message across uh, Blog Talk Radio because so far, each time when I am uh, enlightened and awakened is due to the to the Blog Talk family. Uh, although me and so many other people may have heard a partial snippet of this story, real-life story, tragic story. Thanks to your show tonight, I'm hearing so many gory details that it's just mind-boggling. It's it's just absurd. And I hope that uh, the family, that you will be able to uh, continue to to, to go on, I guess it's called go on tour, 
around the country to uh, get your message out because apparently the mainstream media has only been given the little snippet message of uh, a lady shot a, a her gun in the, in the air and is facing maybe 20 years jail time. And, and I think that's the... The bulk of the that's, message that the majority you're, you're of people absolutely have heard. right. That's how, that's how they're playing it. That's, that's exactly how they're playing it, which is why I wanted to go into detail on the defense and the particulars about this case. Brother Brock, let me, let me just say to you, and thank you so very much for your call. I always enjoy having you, you call me, and thank you for your contribution. But one of the things that we've got to do is we've got to be activists. And we've got to, you know, you know, you and I have talked about the media, the main, mainstream media. Yes. And it is very important for a story like this to get out on the mainstream media. And it is very important for us to force the story onto the mainstream media because it's much more than some woman picking up a, a gun and shooting into the ceiling. Because even if she had just shot into the ceiling. Nobody hurt, nobody killed. Why is she facing three counts of aggravated assault based on the testimony of somebody who was part of the incident rather than the history of the relationship and the testimony of the people, of witnesses. And circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence. She's living at her mother's house. She just had a baby. So even before she started the stand your ground defense, this was all wrong. It was all wrong. The police, the prosecutor... And and you all better watch that woman, Angela Corey. You better watch her carefully because she's going to do the jigaboo. I don't know if you all know what the jigaboo is. <laughs> I'm from the south. I grew up in Florida. The jigaboo exactly coming the at is. you, A1, at 150 miles per hour. Because if George Zimmerman had killed this husband, this batterer, vicious, battering husband who didn't have sense enough to go to hell off somewhere and and be decent. <laughs> Don't let me start talking about batterers. If 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 George Zimmerman had shot him, he'd be dead and be all over too because guess what? The courts are not credible in that circuit. There's no credibility in that circuit, none whatsoever. Them Republicans done shut down black folks down in 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 in, in Central and in North Florida, and it's over because people like Angela Corley get called to the service of evil doers like Rick Scott. Y'all can call him and tell him I said it. Uh, just let me ask a question before I hang up and listen in the back in the, on, on the internet. Uh, I, did, I, I tuned in a little bit late, but 
Did did uh, Miss Marissa is was she eligible for bail? Why is she in jail as opposed to out on bail? Not that she needs to be in jail at all, but just right. legally yeah, she's been in jail why is she for, not at home? for eighteen months. Lincoln, you want to answer that question? And I'm gonna hang up and yeah. listen in the back now. Thank you, Brother Brock. Have a good weekend. If you can. All right. Thank you, Brother Brock, for your your uh, donation and support. Marissa was out on bond, but it was later revoked. Um, the the, the process. Okay. Okay. Her, her bond was her bond was was later revoked, and that's the reason why she is not eligible to to be out and and about, so to speak. Okay, let's talk about the revocation. It was based upon what? It was based upon a second incident where she she had no choice but to um, get his signature for for some insurance papers. Their daughter oh, okay. was mm-hmm. going to lose her insurance. She wasn't told that. She could use the the uh, sheriff's office or the, or the police to to take the the insurance papers over to his house to get them signed. So she made a mistake. She made a real big mistake. She did go over there at his request. She sent him the emails from the insurance company. He uh-huh. told her it was okay. She went over there with two other friends uh-huh. who was supposed to look out for her. Uh-huh. And on that night, he attacked her in the garage where they couldn't see. And once okay. again, he did what he normally does. He called the police when she was able to escape. I see. I see. When the police so when he entrapped her in in many ways. But let me let me make this point for the audience, Lincoln. Ladies, gentlemen. If you are the victim of a batterer, never, ever, and you have left, never, ever, meet with them, ever, outside of law enforcement. This is why uh, shelters for women who are victims and shelters for men who are victims are secret places. A batterer never changes his or her color Our operating procedures I'm glad you right. clarified that We're going to go to Chicago 773, you're on the air with Lincoln Alexander and Helena Jenkins On the Marissa Alexander case Thank you for your call, I respect you Well, good evening Janice And um I want to welcome your guest. Thank uh, you, Alpha. This is Alpha of the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network. It seems hello. To me, hello. It seems <laughs> to me that there is a a certain level of injustice here that no one's did, but this is the kind of injustice that rivals the injustice that we see in Sanford County. And this is the kind of injustice that we've seen across this country. The people who 
man these courts, the prosecutors, the the um, special prosecutors, the jurists. I mean, the, I've often said that the Klan have taken off their white hoods and sheets, and they've uh, redressed in judges' robes, police uniforms, and lawyer suits. Mm-hmm. This seems to be what we're seeing here. The the uh, facts, as I've come to understand them, is that they're not looking or, or, or listening to the evidence. Didn't he change his story, his original story, from from what had happened? He has changed his story three times, and, and that was brought up in, in the trial because the, the, the two sons impeached his his testimony in court. So is it my understanding that she is still, she's awaiting trial or? No, trial has ended and right now we are in the process of after trial. We, we have filed a motion for a retrial. The judge is going to hear arguments or is scheduled to hear arguments on Monday uh, from our lawyer on why Marissa deserves a new trial. There are, are some issues that were raised by our, our uh, lawyer. He's going to uh, bring those arguments to light. Oh, this doesn't... This isn't a an appeal. This is the no. motion no. for a new trial. So she hasn't been found guilty. She hasn't she has. been found guilty. She has been found guilty by a jury of six people. She has not been sentenced yet. And this is a pre-sentencing hearing on the matters of the course, what they call in Courtland, the matters of the course. That is looking at whether or not the, 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 the trial was essentially a fair and open trial. And it's not necessarily the question of fair, it's a question of open. And that is whether or not there was evidence presented, testimony presented, or other matters that did not come before the court that should have appropriately been before the court for consideration. So she's sitting in jail since last February. Yeah, I understand the 18 months. But this is this seems to be incredible, incredibly, and even after all she's gone through, she still listened to him and met him at the house. It's called was, battered women's syndrome. Well, yeah, I get all of that. Somehow, try women and men who are battered somehow try to make reason of their lives. You know, you got to, uh, I, I think that uh, when, uh, when you think about men who use violence as a point of control over men, I mean, I, I talk about my work in Rwanda often on this show where a woman told me that a soldier raped her 18 times in front of her three children 
and she said to him, please just kill me, after he had beat her brutally. And he said, no, I'm not going to kill you. I want you to die of sadness. That is the nature of violence in intimate relationships and violence that men use against women. And a woman has to, just instinctively, has to try to make sense of who could be this evil. And that is how they make the mistake. That is how they make the mistakes of letting the batterers back into their homes with their children, continuing relationships, beating after beating after beating, because they're trying to make sense of something that makes no sense. She did go over there with two friends that were supposed to be there to protect her because she had a deadline. Their daughter was going to lose insurance in two days. She felt that she had no choice but to get those papers signed as soon as possible. And it's and it's good that you understand that it wasn't just anything. Her daughter was in the neonatal intensive care unit. So without these papers being signed, insurance would have been dropped immediately. And you see, that's the absence of good uh, domestic violence agency counseling and services. Any good domestic violence worker would have said to her, you got papers you need to sign? Okay, we'll take them to the sheriff's department, the police department. The police department, he says he'll sign them. The police department, a police officer will take them over, have them sign them, and bring them back to you. That's what should have happened if she had had the kind of support that she needed in this case. And it didn't happen. And she was desperate. Well, she was battered again that night, and once again she was taken to the hospital for um, knots on her head and bruises on her body. You see, Alpha, you get you get the picture. Does everybody is everybody getting the picture here? This man well, is a batterer. And that didn't. I mean, in the trial, the the secondary bat. I mean, that didn't come out. I'm sure it yeah. did. Yes, it, and the, it, it and was. And the court yeah. still ruled against her. Yes. Yes, they were in deliberation for 13 minutes. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right. In, but initially, let me let me say initially, um, there was a judge before Judge Centerfit who did not revoke Marissa's bond because he felt like something wasn't right. So they did try to get her bond revoked, but he ruled against it, and he did um, he found other means to uh, let Marissa remain outside. Of, of jail and remain in, in, in society with um, us. And when the case was moved to Judge Centerfit, that is when the prosecution re-submitted um, this information so that her bond could be revoked, and that is when her bond was revoked then. 
You see, this center fit lady, here's a woman judge, you know, another puppet of the Republican right-wing, nut-wing Yahoo system down there in Florida who refuse, refuse to look at this in the light. I mean, how can a woman, India, uh, uh, explain it to me. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. How can a woman judge? These are people who are supposed to understand the issues of violence in marriage and intimate relationships. Judges go to classes for this stuff, y'all. It's she was a black woman. And she must have been a criminal. Did you did you hear the, 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 the did you hear the uh, the beginning of uh, let me let me play this for a minute because this is what a- Dr. Amos Wilson had to say about this whole thing. We are all criminals in their eyes. Everybody got to be a criminal. Hold on. The United States is a mafia government. No one has done more damage and degradation and murder, rape, and robbery than Europeans. Yes, therefore, in order to escape confrontation with their true criminal nature, they must accuse others of being criminals. But because of objection, they must become obsessed with the criminality of other people. And black folk become those other people, you see. Black folks become those other people. We're all criminals in their eyes. Alpha, you're walking down the street. Cops pass by you. You're a criminal in his eye. This judge, Marissa Alexander, it doesn't matter of what her life has been. She's a criminal in their eyes. Go to jail. Damn. Well, I would, I would want to also point out, Marissa had never been in trouble with the law. Never been arrested before. It didn't matter to him, Lincoln. It didn't matter. You know, they know he's lying. I know y'all know know, they know he's lying, right? Just incredible. I mean, just the entire case is, you know, and I understand the the, uh, the, uh, uh, play, the play of a Trayvon Martin case. But I, what I don't understand is how is this happening for Trayvon? Yeah, yeah. And I don't understand what's being kept quiet. Like. You can't, you cannot make sense of this degree of injustice. We are holding ourselves up, hoping that there is justice for us. But Alpha, you know what it is. It's oh, just absolutely. us. Absolutely, right. I know yeah. what it is. I know what's going on. Yep. Got to go, Alpha. Thank you for your call. See you next right, Saturday, now. 3 p.m. Um, uh, I just, that was Alpha of the Alpha Show of TruthWorks Network. Um, and he he brings it strong and he brings it right and he has a claptrap mind. He's like talking to your uncle that knows everything and can repeat what everybody says. Okay. <laughs> Lincoln and Helena. Um, we're going to have to do some more about this. I'm, I'm certainly going to be in touch with Nancy Lockhart, and 
I thank her so very much for helping me get you here tonight. But, folks, you've got to do the work here. Um, There should be no peace for this judge who decided to hold this young woman in jail since last February 2011. Stein, whatever her name is, and you can go to Stand Your Ground, um, uh, uh, Justice for Marissa.blogspot.com to get her name, and you ought to be writing to everybody that you can and explaining who she is. You understand? Uh, one, 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 I see you, and... Um, we're going to give you a second because we've got to get out of here. Lincoln, uh, Alexander, and Helena Jenkins, our guests, we want to close with them. But we'll take your call, and uh, very briefly, I respect you. Thank you for your call. Thank you, Janice. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Marcia. I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. I would like Marissa's address so that I can send her the letter. I have okay. Marissa Alexander at pretrial detention facility, Duval County, Jacksonville, Florida, but I don't have a street address. Okay, go to justiceformarissa.blogspot.com, and you'll be able to get the address, because I think you need a number. Don't you, you, Lincoln, you need some kind of number? I went there. I didn't see the address. Oh, okay. I'm putting Um, it in the chat. Okay, he's putting it in the chat. You're not in our chat room, right? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Great. Um, thank you for your call, Marsha. And you thank stay you. with and us Helena, every Saturday I, I, I'm night. I'm with you and your family and your sister, too. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome. You. I love you. Love that, you, too. That's the message that we've got to send to Marissa. We got your back, sister. You know, I okay, went I'm, to the, I'm going I'm to log back on to, the, to um, her website and, and get the, that street address. No, you have to get, come into our chat room. I just put um, it in our it, chat room. It's Marissa I, I, Alexander. <laughs> it's Marissa Alexander, 2000 2 East Bay Street. East what? Bay Street, B-A-Y Street. Okay, gotcha. Jacksonville, Florida, 32202. Uh-huh. That's where you can write to Marissa. 32201? 02. Right. I'm it's so not sorry. East Bay, it's East Adams. Yes, yes East, East Adams. Adams Street. Yeah. Okay, 500 East Adams Street. Right. Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, Marsha, you stay strong. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. You're listening to Our Common Ground, and our guests tonight have been uh, Lincoln Alexander and Helena Jenkins, who are the uh, lead organizers and advocates for Marissa Alexander, who faces 20 years in prison for standing her ground in the state of Florida. 
we hope that you will support this cause. You can go to Justice for Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot blogspot dot com to get the information that you need to get on board with this. Lincoln, brother, I'm telling you, my young brother, I'm so proud of you. My heart is just so filled in 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 the idea that you have reimagined uh love for your sister love for your ex-wife enough to to take on this burden of activism and activism is really a burden and Helena Jenkins you and your family you stay strong please let Marissa know that at our common ground we got her back i spent the day at the Million Woman March in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with my grandmother, my daughter, my mother, and my granddaughter. And one of the things that we pledged at the Million Woman March was that we have to have our sisters back, and we're going to have her back. And we're certainly in the background going to be talking with you about what needs to be done and working with Nancy Lockhart and you all Facebook this stuff, tweet this stuff, write that slime. Uh, don't uh, don't let me call people names on the radio. Uh, that's not that's not really my style. But you know that that judge, uh, who, the judge that decided this, and the judge that remands her in in um, in in prison right now. They deserve our disdain because, you know, whether we like it or not, machines and the internets and any all that stuff, they don't put people in prison. It's people like that who put people in prison without thought or consideration because they claim our humanity. They claim that we are all criminals and we all deserve no just due. Lincoln and Helena, thank you so very much, and we're going to have you back. Thank you for having us. Okay, thank you so much, and be strong. Yes, that was Lincoln Alexander and um, Helena Jenkins, and I'm putting them on hold so that they can continue to to listen to this broadcast. We want to thank you for being here um, at our Common Ground tonight. We have got do better in in our um the way in which we watch each other's back we've got to make sure that justice is something for which we 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 treasure and we cannot do it we cannot do it unless we are committed to justice. I'm Janice Graham inviting you on Monday night to join us on TruthWorks Network, Monday through Friday, 9 um, um, p.m. And uh, join me for Power Views, where we'll have our live discussion and continue listening to Slavery by Another Name. Take care. Be strong. Here, 
at this final hour, in this quiet place, Harlem has come to bid farewell to one of its brightest hopes, extinguished now and gone from us forever. It is Thank you for being here with us at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and for me and for my co-host, Alpha of the Alpha Show, we appreciate your listenership and your loyalty. We'll see you next week, 10 p.m., here on Our Common Ground. Another one of those crazy dreams 